shot of Russell. Episode L.I. And away we go. I Busting freestyles and stone cold stunting and hitting the attitude adjustment. Brothers of destruction, undertake your chain. Sit in the fire or get cooled like Roman brain. Give this dude love and you got my back. Man, you're so kind and hit that cactus jack. It's Patty Yag, the face that runs the place now. So phenomenal when I'm breaking the walls down. You're about to get hit. We going off the script. If you don't submit, you get hit with the super kick. We talk at WWE, it's a shot of wrestling with MJP. Yes, welcome back. For those of you who did come back. Episode 52, 51. And yet still, no green man. But joining me this week is something even better. The Voice. Welcome back, Erwin. How you doing? I'm doing alright, and I want to thank you for... Uh Naming it episode Li after L-I. Long after Long Island. That's right. Woo woo woo. You know it. <laughs> well, welcoming welcoming me to uh, this uh, wonderful podcast, a shot of wrestling, and uh, we're wa- we're watching Ro- Royal Rumble from 1994. Tonka was the first one out, and Bam Bam Bigelow was the second one out. I love these guys back in the day. They were great. Tatanka is your Jonathan's favorite wrestler as a kid. I remember he, Tatanka yeah. was awesome, man, and he had an amazing mullet. We were watching one of the first Raws back over at uh, Green Man's house with Jonathan and everything, showing the kids old school stuff. One of the Raws from the Manhattan Center. Yeah, way back in the day. Yeah, everyone had a mullet. <laughs> Everybody literally had a mullet. I, I had no idea at the time oh, wow. that the mullet was that powerful of a hairdo. It was my brother had one. I didn't. I didn't put two and two together that that was a thing. That was actually a thing. Yeah, I, you thanks know, to Billy Ray Cyrus, probably. I didn't really see any mullets growing up in a black neighborhood. Oh, uh, so you know, I didn't That's really know. Enough. I didn't really know about a mullet until like people years later told me about mullets. And then yeah. you see, and you see old footage from like sporting events from the nineties, and yeah, it's. Mullets are everywhere. Would you ever try rocking one if you could have? If I had hair, yes. In retrospect, yes, because I'm a big believer in if you got the hair, do multiple do multiple uh, hairdos. I I, I kind of want to encourage my son uh, Jack moves to get a mullet. You should bring it back. Yeah, just single handedly bring that back. I want to see him just rock multiple hairdos. You know, you should. Um, before we move on, there's some controversy we need to clear up here. Controversy, as mentioned. Last week, Green Man is no longer part of the show. I got a kid. He decided to walk away. And, you know, raise a family. Can't, can't fault him for that. Did, did he lose in his final episode of uh, Shadow Wrestling? <laughs> he didn't put me over, no. He didn't put you over? No, he didn't. He's doing the opposite, but whatever. He able didn't screw Putty. Yeah. Putty screwed Putty. <laughs> he asked for and was granted his release. So I'm a nice guy. I offered him paternity leave. Yeah, bro, take a couple weeks off. Do do what you got to do. Come back anytime you want. He goes, no, I think I'm done. So it's not my fault. He walked away on his own. If you want the Green Man back, don't email me or inbox a shot of wrestling. Hit up Green Man on his social medias, WWE Green Man on Twitter, WWE Green Man Instagram, and on the Facebooks. Give his phone number too. <laughs> As a real, real middle finger. 646-555-0123. But yeah, you know, Green Man's gone. We got Irwin. How you been? How's everything going? 
I've been good. Today I was just, this whole week I've been filled with fury. Uh oh. And uh, today on the drive over here, I, I heard what the Knicks did to Charles Oakley, and I'm just you're recording on a Wednesday tonight. Yeah, I'm just filled with uh, fury at that too. You want to you want to fill the out of market people in? Yeah, out of market people. If you don't know this, uh, Knicks fans love Charles Oakley. He's a hero in New Legends. York City. Yeah. And uh, he was at the Knicks game tonight. He's got a bad relationship with Knicks ownership. They invited him to the game, and uh, they kicked him out of the game. He he wouldn't he wouldn't leave you know calmly, and they fucking set the cops after him and they arrested him. Man, it's crazy. Like there's photos of him on the floor getting arrested. It's ridiculous. You know he was charged with something about uh, disorderly, maybe disorderly conduct or assault or something. He's got a desk a desk appearance. He got to show up to court, but he's not gonna do any real jail time. It's just messed up, man. Poor guy, a legend. Yeah, like, and just that, that's just how the Knicks, you know, the out of market people, like the Knicks are a real douchey franchise. That's just how they treat their their fans and the people who love them the most. You know, Knicks tickets are unaffordable for about ninety eight percent of the Knicks fans. Now, do you think if former Knicks legend Chris Dudley was doing that, would he have been arrested? <laughs> no, because Chris Dudley was white. <laughs> And, and worse yet, they wouldn't even allow Chris Dudley in. They wouldn't even remember who he is. He probably works there now, doesn't he? I don't even know. At the Garden, not for the Knicks. <laughs> Good one. Thank you. So the big news story was not in wrestling this week. It was the Super Bowl. I'm assuming you watched it? Yeah, I uh, watched a little bit of the Super Bowl. Just a little bit? Yeah, just a little bit. The worst parts. We think about Lady Gaga. Everyone wants to know about that. Well, I mean, I don't know. Like, I was so busy. You see, I'm too busy worrying. I'm too busy worrying and thinking about the game. Mm-hmm. That when the commercials come on, I'm not paying attention. And when the halftime show comes, when the halftime show comes on, I'm usually walking out the door to get some fresh air, stand up. See, the, the, the commercials are what I look forward to. Like, I usually like do stuff during the game. That's to crazy. Make, to make sure I watch the commercial because even though they all did nothing good to go talk about but it's only like two commercials a year that are worth talking about but yeah my super bowl watching experience I, I i try to minimize it as much as possible like i'm not one of these guys who tunes in at exactly 6 30 p.m i'm always tuning in a little bit later because i always know they never kick off in time so i don't pay really pay attention to that type of stuff lady gaga i didn't really pay attention to lady gaga a whole lady lot gaga. Yeah. I, I try to notice i try to get a good look at her crotch a couple of times because uh, a guy at the a friend of mine at the party that I was at said she was a hermaphrodite. She oh, admitted geez. to it. She did not. And that, I was trying. I was. That's trying, false news. Fake <laughs> news. I was trying to catch a little bit of that moose knuckle, okay. and I don't know. I, I didn't really see anything, but I, I wasn't. I mean, it looked good. I, I did enjoy Poker Face. Yeah, yeah, you did. You know, <laughs> I heard, I heard it. I was pissed off that she didn't sing Alejandro. That's my jam. That's right. You know, but there's no. I mean, but she's a hell of an entertainer. She's got a big voice, and the few seconds that I saw it, it looked cool. The big question everyone wants to know from Erwin the Voice Escobar mm-hmm. Did the Patriots win the Super Bowl? Or did the Falcons lose it? Uh you know, those it's it's a little bit of both. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Because there were you know there were mistakes were made by the Falcons. But, you know, we've watched enough football, you know, we've watched enough Jets football and Miami Dolphins football to know and just uh, because yeah. the opposition commits a mistake doesn't necessarily mean the, you know, your team will capitalize on that mistake. And, you know, the Patriots, if you give them a chance, if you fuck up, they will make you pay. 
it was right before the game started. I was talking to a friend of mine, and uh, she asked me, who am I rooting for? I'm like, I'm going for the Falcons. Yeah. I'm like, you? No, I'm definitely rooting for the Patriots. Ugh. Um, why? Tom Brady. Because mm. he's hot? Hell yeah. Yeah. So the game didn't st- the game was about to kick off. Want to make a bet? Friendly wager? Oh, okay, what do you want? I'm not good at thinking of wagers. So how about I just do a bottle? A bottle of something. It's like, perfect. What do you want? Okay. Think about it. So now it's 21 nothing. She goes, what, what bottle do you want? Like, I'll take a Jack Honey Honey. Um, okay, no problem. I'm like, what bottle do you want? She goes, shut up. That's not even funny. Right. I'm like, what? What? I'm, no, I'm being dead serious. That right. 21 points is not anything for Tom Brady. Right. She goes, whatever. And then all my years I spent hanging out with you. Appreciate everything you taught me. Yep. Including where I'm sitting today. Fumble on the 30-yard line. Third and one. I tell her. Well, here, here's your comeback now. Congratulations. What kind of bottle do you want? She goes, shut up. Right. And the rest is history. Because what Michael J. Putty is alluding to is is a moment where Michael and I were watching a baseball game a couple of years ago. Classic was, Slim Sheffrey Experience episode. Yeah. yeah it was the uh, NLCS. It was the twenty. It was the 2012 NLCS. How long ago? Huh? That long ago? That long ago. Oh. The 2012 NLCS. It was game five. The Cardinals were up three games to one, and Lance Lynn was on the mound for the Cardinals. He's a play-by-play. Uh, the Giants had a runner on first base with no outs, and the Giants hit a ground ball right back to the mound, <laughs> and Lance Lynn got desperate, and instead of going for the automatic out, he wanted to make a big play to really take off the pressure, and he ended up throwing the ball to second, and, of course, he uh, threw the ball away. The Giants blew the inning open, and they ended up winning the game. They also ended up winning the series. I was watching that moment with... What game was that again? That was Game 5, yeah. 2012 NLCS. I was watching that moment with uh, Michael J. Putty, and I told him that's the moment right there where the Giants are going to come back. They're going to come back and win the series now. And I'm like, what do you mean? And he said, just wait and see. Just and wait and see. The Giants, spoiler alert, what happened? The Giants ended up winning that game. They won two more games to win the series in seven games. And then mm. they went and beat the fucking uh, the Tigers in four games. They destroyed the Tigers. Wow. So the the fact is, if you watch sports long enough, and I have, and I guess some of that has rubbed off on Michael J. Putty here. But with Tom Brady in the front you, You'll watch sports enough, you start to realize the critical moments. And it's really easy to catch that. Michael J. Putty is correct to, was correct at the time to recognize that as a critical moment. Oh. Because at the time, they were down 28 to... Three, right? Twenty-eight to nine. Nine. Okay. Yeah. He missed the field goal. That's right. Um, right. So point. the extra point. So they're down twenty-eight to nine. It's a nineteen-point game. Third quarter. Third quarter, and it's not. It's not late in the third quarter. There's still yeah. time. It was fourth. Was it the fourth? No, it was fourth quarter. It was, when the fumble happened, it was like the the start, oh. like the almost think, like early in the fourth quarter. Was it? I thought it was the third. Okay. It was oh. early. It was early in the fourth quarter, and it's an easy moment to recognize because at the time it's only twenty-eight to nine. It's a uh, three-possession game. A lot has to go wrong for a comeback. A lot has to go wrong. A lot has to go wrong for the Falcons, and a lot has to go right for the Patriots. And Michael is recognizing that. The Patriots get the ball back at the Falcons' 30-yard line. Mm-hmm. They're, all, they're basically in the Falcons' red zone. Yeah. And guess what? No time has elapsed off the clock. They are in striking distance to make this a two-possession game. And that's exactly what happened. They got the ball back. 
And they scored a touchdown in like five fucking plays. They barely wasted any time. I think if you look at the, I think if you look at the stats, the drive may have only cost them like two or three minutes. Plus, two point conversions never work. They got two in a row. But I don't uh, see. But I, I have a problem. I disagree with that. Two point conversions do work all the time. Always, man. I always see the stats. It's, it's always not favorable. But so they like it was a very like once that happened, you're like, holy shit, man, th- this could happen. And then you know, let's talk about the Falcons' miscues. Um, in the third quarter, with about two minutes left, the botched onside kick. No, the Falcons get the ball at the fal- at the Patriots forty-one yard line. The forty-one yard line. Mm-hmm. We've we've seen from their offense all game long since the second quarter. They've been moving the ball at will. They don't. Matt Ryan takes Matt Ryan takes a sack. They take a holding penalty. By the time the fucking set of downs is over, they lose ten to twelve yards. They're at the fifth. They're like, yeah, they're cost like, them. Yeah, out of field goal range. It, out of field goal range. The Patriots defense stood tall. Patriots get the ball back in the fourth quarter. Get the field goal. Then you have the Falcons next drive, third and one. You know, you just ask: Did the Patriots win it or did the Falcons lose it? Here's where the Falcons lost it. Third and one. Mm-hmm. Go conservative. Run on third down. They've been having. They've been having. They had great success running to the outside all day long. Okay, it gets stuffed. All right, it's a running play. Clock keeps running. You punt the ball. You don't give the fucking Patriots the ball back yeah, in thirty yard they line. Weren't, they weren't eating the clock. I remember that. Yeah, like, the Falcons were not eating no. the clock. And if it, I was listening to Bill Simmons, Bill Simmons. Love if, Bill Simmons. If you re, if, should get, get another season of he HBO. He should. He's a good guy, man. Uh-huh. If you rewatch, I know, I don't want to big wrestling fan too. If you're listening, come on the show. I want to watch that moment for this. If you rewatch those final moments, he was claiming the Falcons weren't even letting the clock run down. No, yeah. Surprised to see that. You know, like they, it's like, it's almost as if they didn't realize their their biggest threat wasn't exactly. You know, when you're up that big. Your biggest enemy isn't your opponent. Your biggest enemy is the clock. Big time. You know, so, so okay, so they go third and one shotgun. Michael J. Putty and I, I've told this to Michael J. Putty all the time, how I hate when you have, like, whatever down in one or whatever down in inches, you do the toss. Oh, yeah, you pitch. Know, the pitch, you toss it back four yards. <laughs> you know, we've got third and one, you toss it back four yards. And let's talk about the shotgun. Falcons lined up out of the shotgun on third and one. So you go from third and one to basically third and five. You're tossing the ball back five yards. It, they just, you know what? I, I I spoke to a good friend of mine. He made a very good point. The Falcons had been doing that all year. They've been doing third and one all year long. They, they're throwing all year long like that, and they're having great success, which is fine. If it was an incomplete pass... Or if it was a reception, they wouldn't have been anything, any problems. But here's where luck comes into the mix. Okay. You know, the worst thing that could have happened for the Falcons happened on that play. Devontae Freeman was the running back. He was right next to Matt Ryan. You look at that replay, he doesn't even fucking see Dante Hightower. Nope. He doesn't put a block on Hightower. High, by the time he turns around to see Hightower there, Hightower is already in front of him. Hightower swats him aside like you, like, like I would a fly. More like by tower. It was by tower. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, good one. You know, so that was a breakdown. You, like, everything that could go wrong for the Falcons on that play went wrong, and it blew up on their face. Yeah, in their face. 
Um, you know, and then of course, you know, they the Falcons offense, and this is where you got to give props to the to the Patriots defense. The defense really responded and it did well. That's where I say the Patriots won the game because you knew Tom Brady was going to he wasn't just going to you knew the Patriots weren't just going to disappear. No, of course I, not. I don't think we've seen them really get blown out. No, not like that in the first half. No. Not, not not like that in the I first half. Th- I also noticed I never thought I'd seen, I don't think I have seen Tom Brady get sacked so much. I, watched, I don't watch that many Patriot games because fuck them. Right. But uh, I don't think I uh, remember seeing him getting sacked that much. There have been games that he's had against the Ravens last year against the Broncos, 07 against the Giants where they were in his face all game long. 2017 against the Dolphins, Cameron Wake <laughs> coming back. <laughs> They were in his face. Gotta believe. You know, they were in his face all game long. Yeah, pressure. Um, And one thing that the Patriots are really good at is making adjustments. So you got to think with the Super Bowl, the Super Bowl is not like any other game. You're going to have an extra long halftime. Yeah. So you get into the locker room. They're such a professional. The Patriots are such a professional coaching staff. That they're gonna look at the tape, they're gonna see what they've got done. You're basically giving them more time to adjust. Okay? The second half starts, Falcons got the fucking ball. They go three and out. Yeah. The defense, the defense responded. Granted, the Falcons did score a touchdown on their next drive. But after after yeah. after that, that after that touchdown, play. after that, after that 28 point. The Patriots defense was phenomenal. That's why it works both ways. You expected Tom Brady to to keep his team in the game, to make those passes, to get scores, to put points on the board. Did we expect the Patriots defense to shut down this prolific offense? Well, it was the number one ranked defense, though. Scoring defense. Scoring defense. But this, but this was a prolific offense. Number this one. was a prolific offense. Two years in a row, by the way. Number one offense against number one defense. Yeah. Interesting. You know, this and is, defense wins championships. Defense wins championships because the defense always shows up. They don't yeah. got to worry about schemes. So you got to give, you know, so that's where the Patriots won it. And you have to kill Kyle Shanahan because, you know, when it's the fourth quarter, the, okay, the, the Falcons get the ball at their own 10. They're pinned. They have that huge play to Devontae Freeman. He chews up like 30, 40 yards. He was wide open. He he catches and runs 30, 40 fucking yards before, he, before a Patriot even comes near him. Then you get the bomb to Julio Jones. That was a shitty throw, and Julio Jones makes an incredible catch. Okay? Now the ball is at the Falcons 23. Incredible catch. Yeah. An incredible catch. Now the ball is at the Patriots 23-yard line. Now you could, if Kyle ha- you you could play conservative and just say, all right, we're just going to run the ball to the outside again. Mm-hmm. We're going to make the Patriots burn. We, for, it's four and a half minutes left. We're up eight points. We're in field goal range. If we kill this clock, okay, run run the play clock, run that play clock down to five seconds, four seconds, three seconds. Make the Patriots burn these timeouts. Don't throw the ball here. Yeah. Get your field goal. Make it a two possession game. But that's not apparently that's not how Kyle Shanahan is. And he and he's you gonna hear that be, uh 49ers fans? Yeah. Get ready, 49ers <laughs> fans. He's listen. It's very simple. I'm playing Madden with my son, and I'm trying to tell him all about clock management. Who are you? I, I play as the Redskins. Who does he play? He plays the Giants on rookie, and I play on pro. That's a big mistake because he's yeah. just dropping bombs. I, I don't know you could uh, alternate. You can alternate. That's cool. He's, he's hitting bombs to Odell Beckham every time. Odell Beckham, I'm playing a game with him right now. Beckham's got over 400 yards <laughs> receiving. 
you know, I can't, I can't stop the kid. So how do I stop him? When I have the ball, I, I basically take my, I'm, I'm generating these super long drives. I'm barely throwing the ball. Even the clock. I'm, I'm, the clock is my number one enemy. I can't. Jack, Jack is, is launching these drives that, that are like two plays. Okay, so I need to I need to work things in my favor. Kyle Shanahan needs to learn clock management, man. I said to my brother when I was a kid, the Dolphins had this one play in their playbook on Madden, deep bomb that always worked, just to piss him off. Hmm. Great. How about so, that catch? Which one? The Edelman catch. Edelman catch. So let's talk about. I'm glad you mentioned the Edelman catch. By the way, this is a shot of football. <laughs> yeah, apparently a shot of wrestling turned a shot of football. I don't know why. I I came ready to talk about SmackDown. But I didn't know you were going to go off on the Super Bowl. We went off. Yeah. Well, you brought it up, motherfucker. Yeah, that was the topic of the week. So, uh... So get- first of all, it's brought up because Lady Gaga. Gaga. Yeah. Here we go. So, uh... You know, Edelman makes that incredible catch with two minutes and three seconds left in the game. Dan Quinn challenges. Yeah, last challenge, too. And I remember... I remember saying this at the party I was at. I remember saying that's the worst fucking challenge ever. Don't get people in the booth telling you they caught it. You, you're going to lose this challenge. You're going to lose your Time only timeout. So yeah. I thought too. Timeouts. Guys, clock management. Putty, not only are you going to lose your timeout, if you wait three seconds, it's a two-minute warning. <laughs> Thank you for taking pulling the mic back, Aprish. You know, yeah, it was that, that catch against the uh, Giants catch five years ago. They had two bad catches. The Giants fucked them twice. They had uh, Hakeem <laughs> Nix. Hakeem Nix, there it and, is. Yeah. And Mario Manningham. I'm not Hakeem Nix. They had uh, David David Tyree in Tyree, 07. So yeah, you're right. And uh, Mario Manningham in 2011. And they got... Uh, fuck the Patriots. Yeah, fuck the Patriots anyway. But, you know, that's an example of the Falcons gifting the Patriots. Because do you think when the Patriots got... When the Falcons got the ball back with 57 seconds left, buddy, do, do you think they would have liked to have a timeout? Uh, I... Would imagine so. You know, when I would you, like to have timeout when I play Madden. Like, have you seen what have you seen what Aaron Rodgers can do with thirty five seconds and one timeout? Yeah, Hail Mary, King of the Hail Marys. He he did he did two deep bombs and then he and then he did two deep bombs. He got the tight end and he got Mason Crosby in field goal range. Do you watch NFL Honors? No. I love NFL Honors. You know why I love NFL Honors? Why? Because the first night I moved into this, my old apartment, my apartment, it was on number one. Episode, so like every time I equate that with like, oh, I don't know. but it was Keegan Michael Key, Keegan Peel, the bald guy, yeah, killed it. It's funny, dude, very funny. He, he came in and said, um, Dax Prescott and Ezekiel, Ezekiel Elliott, uh, tore up the, the uh, were rookies, but they brought the Cowboys to these prominence, but yet they're, they're rookies, yet they in the playoffs they acted more like veterans. <laughs> Because they lost in the first round of the play. Right. Yeah, good job. That's usually what they do. Yeah, so that was the Super Bowl. Any final thoughts about the Super Bowl before we move on to what are we talking about here? Oh, yeah, wrestling. Yeah, it's hard for me to... Favorite uh, commercial? Huh? Favorite commercial? I didn't have one. Brady. Oh, actually, the, the, the Verizon... Was it the T-Mobile commercials? With Justin with, Bieber? No, the T-Mobile commercials with... I don't know, the cell phone commercials with that lady calling up. The cell phone company asking to be, uh, she was asking to be punished. I don't remember that one. Yeah, those are my favorite commercials. Not, and I didn't really pay attention to any of the commercials. Hmm. Tom Brady, the greatest of all time? I mean, it's going to be, it, it will make me sound incredibly bitter 
to uh, say that. It's <laughs> fine. Not You're the, talking to a Dolphins fan. That's fine. He's not the greatest of all time. I mean, it's the kind of game where it convinced a lot of people that he was greatest of all time. It it affirmed to a lot of a lot of people that he's the greatest of all time, and to your isolated haters who look at what happened in the game. Um, I don't think you know, like me. To me, he's not the greatest of all time because in this game, you know, he was handed in this game and against the Seahawks, he was handed two Super Bowl rings by the incompetence of the opposition. You know, as good as his as as good as he was, if his opponent's offense hadn't been so fucking stupid, then he probably would have lost. It would have been a on the, the game would have turned into a game of onside kicks. Mm. You know, oh, they had the ball. The Falcons had the ball at the 23-yard line. And instead of going and instead of doing textbook football, running the ball, killing that clock, taking the field goal to make it a two-possession game. I believe game, it's called Football 101, no? Football 101. Just make it a two-possession game, which is what you should always do. He, They decided that they, Kyle Shanahan was too full of himself and decided to keep throwing the fucking ball. They got out of field goal range and they gifted the Patriots. The Falcons' offense did nothing right from the moment they got the ball at the Patriots' 41-yard line at the end of the third quarter. So you're talking about 17 minutes where the Falcons' offense just sucked dick. All right, and then you talk about the Seahawks' Super Bowl. The Seahawks had two major injuries in that Super Bowl. And, of course, Pete Carroll not electing not to uh, yeah. pass, uh, was, not to run. It's funny how they said um, the Patriots last won the Super Bowl because... They decided to run the Seahawks decided to run the football on the one yard line. Yeah. If they won this one because they ran on the one yard line, it was like ironic. Full circle. By running. Preview for Super Bowl fifty two. Production is not mean, preview. The, the AFC the AFC is so weak. Oh, and the, and the Patriots are so dominant. you know, they're co- they're so dominant and their coaching staff is such a a, a better cut above the rest than everyone else. That you have to say the Patriots are going to represent the AFC in the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. The NFC is full of good teams and wide open. They it seems more fun to watch. The NFC because it's like wide open. It is because these the NFC is loaded. The Patriots will get fucked in the NFC. <laughs> Can they switch? You know, uh, and and one more thing, just move like, the Dolphins to the AFC South. <laughs> you know, uh, Belichick is just really good at making final thoughts. Yeah, Belichick is just really good at making the opponents make a decision and you'll find that when you're forced to make a decision when the pressure is high a good percentage of the time your decision will suck and that's what Belichick does he lays in the cut and he lets you fuck up and that's what Dan Quinn Kyle Shanahan and Pete Carroll and and, uh, Bethel were guilty of so no I don't think he's the greatest ever I think he's extremely lucky yeah because Dan Marino is one of the greatest of all time but he never had a team around him Patriots I've given Tom Brady a team Marino wishes he had that D Oh my god, yes. Anyway, time to talk about wrestling. Yeah. Shot of wrestling's back. Yeah, remember shot remember wrestling? Yeah. Um, you, better, you better edit that. You better edit that whole uh football conversation out. You shouldn't have started me on that. I better started you than ended it. It'd be easier. Let's get into some news. It's in the news with Michael J. Putty. Alright, let's get into wrestling news. Shot of Wrestling's back. We have an update on Seth Rollins, sort of. The E didn't really give fans any new details on Rollins' injury and did note that his participation at WrestleMania was, 
quote-unquote, air quotes, in serious doubt. Dave Meltzer is reporting the officials are going to go ahead and proceed with the idea of Rollins versus Triple H in hopes that he will be able to make the show as originally planned. Meltzer says Seth is considered to be good for WrestleMania, so Triple H and Seth is on. That's what they're working towards. However, in another update, Shadow Wrestling exclusively obtained, Seth Rollins has a torn MCL in his knee, same knee that he hurt last year. So his participation in WrestleMania 33 is in serious doubt, so pretty much nobody knows anything, and we here will keep you updated if any real news breaks, because it's half of one, six and another. You know, if I was Seth Rollins, I would think about Seth Rollins and take some time off to take care of that leg, because... Well, he did last year. He he, he should have took off more time. Mm. He came back way too fucking quick. But the whole thing was he missed WrestleMania and he watched a special. It's him tearing his eye watching well, from the skybox. You're gonna miss another one because you rush you, you rush yourself back. Uh, in other news, Nikki Bella is being reported that Nikki she will be taking time off as an in ring competitor. You just moan? Yeah. No, nice. After WrestleMania 33, she has been trying her best to deal with a pain in her neck. Valentino, since returning at SummerSlam last August. She was returning as a part-time part-timer, but she eventually became full-time. Yet again, the pain has become. I hear you waving your hand. What's up? Yeah, because it's like she she originally walked away because she fucked up her neck. Yeah, right? she needed surgery. Yeah, yeah. She had that surgery, almost career-ending. She came back. Like these motherfuckers. This is how fucked up of a, of a this is how messed up of a business this is. Because they don't have any real job with benefits. No, they no got, bennies. They, they got no bennies. <laughs> no no way to make any real money. So she's desperate. Okay? The cash is running low. And, they, and, they, and they're probably waving a paycheck in front of her. Can you come back? Can you come back? She needs the more money. Loves the limelight. It comes back full time. Oh, and lo, lo and behold, after coming back full time for a couple months, now she's feeling neck pain. <laughs> I mean, it's no different than Seth Rollins. Yeah. Take more time off. You have to heal. The, the traveling, first of all, they put these fucking wrestlers through the ringer. I've been saying this over and over again. These guys need a union. They travel way too much. It shows every week. Mm-hmm. It's it's too much. And she ended. And look at she ended. She's saying I got pain in my neck. Yeah, that you probably been feeling that pain in your neck for fucking months. No, I got to remove uh, my pain in my neck. How? I got a green manectomy. Like oh, another news burn notice. Paige, my girl Paige. You know Paige? No Paige, love her. Great tits. We nice. We will soon be seeing her life story on the big screen. The Rock just made an announcement, and he's making a movie out of the 2012 documentary about her and her family. Really? Dwayne the Rock Johnson had this to say on Twitter: Breaking. Our Seven Bucks production is excited to announce production on a cool project we've been working on for years based on a very unique and gritty professional wrestling family and their daughter's journey into the spotlight of the WWE. Watch that? Would I watch it? Yeah, because usually, you know, and I hate to say it, but a lot of these wrestlers, they're such a mess. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that it's it's good drama. You know, mm-hmm. so it probably heard of it, it, crazy family. Yeah, it's a it, of course it's a crazy family. What made what person would you know in their right mind would say, oh, I want to travel, you know, fifty two weeks out of the year, get underpaid, yeah, and, and get no bennies, 
and I'm constantly risking injury. You know, you got to be all you. You got to be a fucking maniac to say that. Uh, she's, he says, uh, her and I have talked about this project for years now, and we're really excited to bring her and her family's story to life. Okay. The Hollywood Reporter has announced that Florence Pug, Pug has already been casted for this movie. Rumored to play Paige. Well, Do you know who that is? I have no idea. No one does. Look it up on IMDb. It shares three credits. Oh, and other man. News. Oh. Is, oh. This, is this movie even going to happen? The Rock will play himself, so Absolutely. Speaking of Paige, she recently spoke to TMZ Sports about a possible MMA career. Oh, your jaw just dropped. Yeah, just made like a face. Alberto Del Rio was paid was with Paige when she spoke to TMZ, and noted that although he is in he is the president of the Combat Americans MMA Association, he has no plans of getting into the octagon again. He holds a nine and five record. Not bad. Um. Paige said that she has been training like crazy and she'll likely consider making a move as an MMA fighter when her contract with the E is up. Jesus. However, she has still many years left, so doubt that'll ever happen. How old is Paige? She's like 24. Okay, she's still young, so her prime, she's pretty much entering like her athletic athletic prime. She's in like the middle of it. Um, But entering MMA, it's like... I don't know if she's got any real wrestling skills and any real ground game skills. If she actually knows how to throw a punch, but I think that's a crazy decision to just say, "Oh, you know, I'm going to do this." That's I'm telling you, these people, these wrestlers, they're they're nuts. They you, she'd be better off going to New York City Transit's website. <laughs> you know, san- sanitation is hiring. They got pennies. Yeah, sanitation is picking up. You know, corrections officer, just go there and. Get yourself a job with Benny's. This is crazy. UFC at Benny's? Who? UFC? The unionized No, no. UFC's terrible, too. They don't pay those guys. Uh, in other news, next story is kind of long, so wrap me up anytime you get boring. All right. Uh, Sammy Zayn recently spoke with ESPN for an article well, you, that they had on his Twitter reactions to the travel ban that was set by President Donald... <clears throat> President... <clears throat> can't can't got, say it. He's got a hard time saying it, but whatever, man. They Just, also... I'm sorry, go ahead. Oh, they also discussed uh, other controversial topics and blah, 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 blah. Holy shit, 94 Royal Rumble. Owen just turned on Brett. What? I was talking about uh, one of the countries that was in the band was Syria, where Zane's parents are from. I thought he was Egyptian. No, he's um, Syrian. Okay. Sammy commented on waiting to reestablish how Arabs are perceived in the WWE and the Western media. Hmm. It's definitely a sensitive topic to discuss, but I have felt since I signed with the WWE, I was in a unique position to reestablish how Arabs were perceived in the WWE and Western media. Hopefully just being me strikes a chord with a lot of young Arabs and non-Arabs, honestly. We're really not all that different. Sammy isn't affected by Trump's travel ban because he was obviously born in Canada and doesn't hold dual citizenship with Syria. So, I don't know. He's Muslim, I guess. I don't know how he's Arab. Nah, he could be Syrian and not be Muslim. Yeah, but he's, he's Canadian-born, so I don't... Well, he's an Arab because they're saying he's ethnic. He's ethnically Arab. Ethnically, yes. He has those. He has uh, written on his tights, and he's, he's... He's got Arab written on his tights? He has the, the writing, Arabic on it. Arabic, not Arab. Arabic on his tights. Oh, sure, I never yeah. noticed that. I don't know what it means, but he's proud of his Arab Arabic roots, so... Yeah, but it, it's hard to tell because he's a white this, Arab. This white redhead ginger? Yeah. Yeah, I'm Arab. It's, it's it's weird. Like I'm pretty sure like Arabs are a lot Arabs are a lot like Hispanics. I remember I was I was a little kid and I was walking around with my father and I, and 
I saw this guy. He was like, you know, my my uh, he had my skin tone, like my kind of hair. And I was like, Daddy, that guy's Hispanic. Like that guy's Puerto Rican, right? I was like, Nah, man, he's Arab. Arab. It's like they're both mixed. So I'm pretty sure you could you could have a person from Syria who, you know, for all intents and purposes, is a white Syrian. But he identifies as Arab because he probably grew up as Muslim, probably grew up around a bunch of Arabs speaking Arabic. So, I mean, I don't know. Maybe he is a Muslim. I mean, and who knows? But who cares? Love everybody. I wouldn't have fucking known if you didn't tell me that. Like, I always thought, you know. We're bringing the news to you. Thanks. (laughs) I want you to walk away from the show always learning something. That's right, folks. That's right. Listen, you listen to us at home. We want to enlighten you motherfuckers out there. You know the news. Dave Meltzer originally spoke to one of his, responded, I'm sorry, responded to one of his followers on Twitter who asked him, when is Hulk Hogan returning to WWE? They got to let him out the doghouse. But that was he, stupid. He, yeah, for he, nothing. It was for nothing. It, I mean, no, it, it was fucked up when he said. Yeah, but he just, he just the N-word, but it. It was fucked up, man. Yeah. But we move on. It was fucked up. I don't. He I didn't don't, harm anybody. He was drunk or high not knowing he was recorded and uh, he was letting us some steam he was pissed off at his daughter let's, let's he revealed his true form he definitely pissed off at his daughter because let's face it you know Hulk Hogan is another one of these guys he's not the greatest decision maker he sunk millions in the, into that singing career of hers yeah and uh it obviously bothered him that, that she was with a black guy which is a bummer man Melter said, expect it sooner rather than later. As well. He was fired back in 2015. It's been a while now. He's in exile for a little bit. I don't know. As a person of color, it really bummed me out that he said that. But isn't, he hasn't really believed that. because he he, All his friends came out and said he's not a racist. He hasn't... His, one of his best friends is whack. I don't know. What. That's never a good thing to say. <laughs> <laughs> that will never help you. By the way, to all my white listeners out there, who uh, if, are white listeners? If you ever, if you ever get like the "you're a racist" claim, do not, do not go run down the list of how many black friends you have. That will not help you make help you, you look like, less racist. How about this? I mean, I like black chicks, but some of my best friends are white. So does that make a difference? Uh, no. I okay. Mean, there we go. Yeah, but you, but you're not, you know, but you're not going around dropping like n bomb in a negative way. Not when I'm recorded. Hogan's daughter Brooke recently spoke to TMZ. And says that WWE has been in contact with him regarding a return at WrestleMania. So, we got a couple months to see what happens. Now the news. Dana Warrior. Know who she is? Uh, Ultimate Warrior's sister. Smoking Hot Wife. Smoking Hot Wife. Her real last name is really Warrior? Yeah, because he legally changed it. <laughs> he was Warrior Warrior. Warrior. These guys are something else, man. <laughs> she announced via UltimateWarrior.com that she has signed a new multi-year deal with the WWE, which will enable her to continue her work as brand ambassador for the company. Which she's been doing something, uh, something she's been doing ever since her husband passed away. That's cool. Good for her, right? Yeah. Listen, as long as you're working it and that paycheck, I'm in support of it. She, of course, has also been recently involved with the Hall of Fame induction ceremonies with the... Uh, Warrior Memorial Award. You know, I was telling this to Michael J. Putty earlier. When I heard he died, I was really, for like a good day, I believed it was fake, that he was alive, that it was part of this unbelievable wrestling gimmick. Imagine. And it it would have been a, such a fly gimmick, and unfortunately it wasn't. 
And it's a bummer, man. He, uh, he passed away. She said, in part, and I quote, on January 27, 2017, a contract between the E and myself was officially executed. I could not be more excited to become an official ambassador. Um, yeah, blah, blah, blah. Uh, another news. Ric Flair recently filmed a used car commercial. Woo. However, it did not air during the Super Bowl. As Flair has been tweeting, the commercial was banned. According to Flair, he said his ad was banned from airing due to "quote unquote" performance-enhancing deals. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> um, we leave no stone unturned. So here is the commercial. God bless you. Woo! Come on down to Papa Flair's used cars, where we are body slamming prices to the ground. Woo! Oh yeah, <laughs> SUVs. Woo! Damn, yeah, we're slamming prices on trucks too. Fool! These prices are so low, they got nowhere else to go. Woo! Yeah. <laughs> Tired of used car salesmen? It's time to change your perspective on car shopping. At U.S. Auto Sales, you get the buying experience that you deserve. U.S. Auto Sales: no haggle prices, no hidden fees, and no gimmicks. So obviously, I don't know why that commercial was banned as Erwin's marking out to Razor Ramon coming out with the pretty blaby blue tights. Razor Ramon was the was the greatest, and I was really upset a decade and a half later when I discovered that he was not Cuban, that he's a regular white guy putting on that accent. Oh, I yeah? wanted to believe he was Cuban. Was he supposed to be Cuban? He was Cubano. Oh, I don't remember that. <laughs> Say hello to the bad guy. <laughs> What the fuck? Still, no, the accent was real. The toothpick. Was the accent real? The yeah. accent real. Nah, man. You ever heard, you ever heard Scott Hall speak? No, you're right. Yeah, I don't yeah. think about that. So that was a commercial. Another news. Uh, Randy Orton recently claimed in an interview with NBC Washington that the Super Bowl doesn't compare to WrestleMania. Oh, he's tripping. When asked to compare the Super Bowl to WrestleMania... As the grandest stages in the NFL and WWE, Orton says, and I quote, WrestleMania is the Super Bowl of wrestling. Royal Rumble is getting in. Winning the Rumble is getting into the Super Bowl of wrestling. Screw the Super Bowl. Talking about the WrestleMania, Super Bowl ain't got shit on WrestleMania. WrestleMania is the biggest show on earth, the greatest show on earth, and I feel like everyone knows that. Boom. Burn notice. Agree or disagree? Uh... I'm gonna or say, like six of one, half that than the other. I'm gonna say I agree because uh, both events are obviously scripted, and I have more of a good and, rigged. Yeah, based on this last Super Bowl, I have I have a much better time with the WWE script. Hashtag not my Super Bowl champion. <laughs> Another news: uh, a Green fan, Sabu, is in the news. He recently spoke to Sports Illustrated on his current health and his future in wrestling. He says, and I quote. I have to continue wrestling. I'm not done yet. I don't know when I'll be done, but I just know that I'm not. I'm doing good. I had a hip replacement surgery, but I need soldier, uh, sold shoulder replacement surgery, and my lower back needs fixing. Those are actually more painful, but not more painful when I was wrestling, so I can live with it. My hip was the most painful, so I need to get my hip fixed. <laughs> Motherfucker, you need to worry about walking before but, getting a ring. And um, if you listen to a couple months ago, earlier episode, uh, he had a GoFundMe page started for a surgery because no bennies. 
And we, um, Greenman and I saw him at uh, Elks Lodge a couple months ago. Yeah, okay. Killed it. This guy destroyed it in the ring. He was amazing. Right, right. Before and after, he barely could walk. It's amazing how we saw him limping, but yet there's no signs of limping in the ring. Because that's what adrenaline does to you. He flipped the switch. Yeah. He, these guys, listen. These guys need bennies. I... They need to leave this stupid business. By the way, this week's word is Benny's. Yeah, right. <laughs> Take a shot every time you see the word Benny's. Look, recently my wife had a situation. It was pretty. It was pretty crazy. A little closer. Recently, my wife had a situation. It was pretty crazy. And you want to know something? Those medical bills. The, the medical bills came oh, up to yeah. like well over a hundred thousand dollars. Jesus Christ! And the insurance paid. Well, she's for, covered, though. She's oh, covered. Yeah, the insurance paid for damn near every single damn penny. Right. Yeah. Imagine not. All right, I'm telling you, these these guys they need Obamacare, to, Obamacare, dude. It they need these guys need benefits, man. It's crazy. Yeah. Well, he also spoke about the WWE Hall of Fame. Interesting, get Irwin's point on this. He says the WWE Hall of Fame is such a fake Hall of Fame. <laughs> I'd only do it because I needed the money. I don't. I don't know if I would. But I would take it graciously because I don't consider it a real Hall of Fame. It's not like baseball or football. They let anybody in. Anybody who could draw money. I mean, Sting didn't even show up. Yeah. The real wrestling Hall of Fames are in Iowa and up here in Amsterdam, New York. Vince's Hall of Fame only has shit from Vince's company. If you didn't work for his company, you're not in the Hall of Fame. Which is not true. He has a couple people who do not work in his company. But So the one in Iowa and Amsterdam, what's that? Like, uh, like Greco-Roman? No, in professional wrestling, you got props, uh, costumes, and the history of professional wrestling, WWE, the territories. I was wanting to go there, never been, but we should do a show there. Oh yeah, check it out. Um, any thoughts on the Hall of Fame? Only what only what my man just said before. Like it is, you know, it's hard for me to take it serious. I mean, but it has to be serious because the president of the United States is part of it. <laughs> well, the Hall of Fame has a president in their in their catalog of wow. inductees. Wow, he got stunned. Did he get stunned by Stone Cold or something? WrestleMania twenty three. Yeah, like, but he also he also clotheslined Vince. That's a president of the United States. Wow, man, what a, what a journey for America. Huh? See, I have no problem calling him president of the United States, but I can't say president and <clears throat> another news. Hmm. Bubba Ray Dudley. The Dudley Boys sent out the following tweet. Keep your eyes open for at Team 3D Academy Northeast coming in 2017. What? Team 3D already has a wrestling school. The Team 3D Wrestling Academy in Kissimmee, Florida. Whether they'll be keeping both schools open or replacing the one in Florida here with the one here in the Northeast is currently unknown. Want to go? You'd be, a, do, you'd be a great manager. I, that does sound cool. I would not mind getting thrown through a table. That or a awesome. referee. Remember me and Green had an epic, epic battle in Queens College parking yeah, lot. You, just stri- you slid in the concrete. With the striped shirt, which I'm very open to wearing because it's slimming. <laughs> very slimming. <laughs> right. So I'm definitely okay with that. Another news. Holy Foley. You watch that? No. One of those daughters hot as shit. Sorry, Comic-Con. Not bad. Okay. Mick Foley took to his Facebook page to thank the WWE Universe and the people who helped him on getting Holy Foley on the network. And I quote, After watching the final five episodes of Holy Foley, my wife and children and I want to express our sincere thanks to everyone who made this experience possible. 
The show was a kind of a bridge that brought me back to the WWE, which led me to the GM role and maybe a few other things down the road. However, I don't know what the future holds in store for me as far as being the GM, but I'll always be grateful to those who took a chance on me and our show. Thank you for everyone who supported the show and took time out of your schedules to invite me and your family into their homes. Foley went on to say that there may not ever be a season two of the show, but he enjoyed it nonetheless. Good for him, man. We were watching it uh, after the Royal Rumble, and you or Ray knew where his house was. I thought it was you, but yeah, no, somebody yet. was saying uh-huh. his house. Was, somebody, you know what? Good for Mick Foley, man. He's doing good. Some like apparently he lives in Garden City, which is a Garden nice, City. Yeah, sort of. Yeah, it's a real upscale neighborhood. It's so it's so upscale that they beat the crap out of uh, black um, correctional officers driving through there. That was so awesome. They beat up a black correctional officer, and then as he's getting beat up, he's saying, "I'm one of you guys." <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> I remember that. Yeah, dude's confused. Uh, finally, in other news, former WWE announcer and Raw general mounts, uh, manager, I'm sorry, and former American Gladiators announcer, Mike Adamley, spoke to NBC Chicago and says that he has been officially diagnosed with dementia and likely has severe case of CTE. Right. He says that he's suffering with epilepsy for around 19 years, and the doctors believe that he has uh, symptoms of CTE due to brain injury from all his years in the NFL. Makes sense. Or CTE CTE cannot be diagnosed until after death, but he is showing many of the symptoms, and dementia is the final phase. Uh, he, He was asked how many concussions he thinks he had in the NFL, and he replied he cannot put a number on it. That's crazy. Uh, it's fucking nuts. The final um, phase that sounds so terminal. Mortal. Yeah. Mortal, yeah. Uh, he has memory loss, depression, anxiety, and other symptoms with dementia. <sighs> sounds like my father, actually, who was not in the NFL, so who knows. But all of us at A Shot of Wrestling, including The Voice, wish Mike Adamley the best. That's all I got in the news. You ready to step outside the rope some more? Absolutely. Um, we need to do a cool intro for that in, uh, outside the ropes. Let's make it quick because we get most of our time in the Super Bowl. All right, let's keep, okay. keep it short and sweet. What with my SmackDown stuff? No, not yet. Outside the ropes, we're going stuff outside of wrestling. Man, okay, well, I got a couple things to touch on. All right. Uh, in my opinion, this Hall of Fame class in the NFL is one of the best. Okay, my boy LT. Yeah, and of course, my boy Jason Taylor. Right, love Jason. Taylor. One of the best. One of the most stocked. NFL Hall of Fame classes I've seen in recent memory. Morton Anderson. Jerry Jones, for some reason. Morton Anderson is awesome. <laughs> Remember as a kid in the NFL Madden games. It's a great kicker. But great. Uh, no opinion on that. Okay. Uh, how was the Nets game? The Nets game was awesome, man. They, they almost came back and won the game, but they made some stupid mistakes. That how much did you pay uh, compared to the uh, Knicks? As you I mentioned? mean, Jesus Christ. Knicks are offering like three times the price, man. For half the half the. Uh, you know, a nose yeah, a nosebleed at Barclays Center will cost you forty bucks. A nosebleed at uh, at Madison Square Garden will cost you hundred. Which sucks to me because it's so much easier for me to get the MSG. Yeah, hop on the, the train. Come on, it's actually not that hard for you to get to Barclays. You just take the Q thirty one to. Uh, oh yeah, L I Jamaica. Get there like that. Oh, or also, uh, I have been taking the Long Island Railroad to Penn, taking the A train. Ugh. Oh, never mind. Yeah, I mean, because the WWE doesn't even go to. MSG anymore. Why? Because the rent's too high. The rent is too damn high. Oh my god, no. They want too much money for that. 
That's why they do the house shows because the house shows are cheaper. At the Garden. Yeah, because it's not televised. They don't need to take much, much space for the stage. It's out of control. Dude, sell more tickets on it. Dude, we need to buy next season tickets and fucking charge all kinds of money for it. Make some real dough. They're fucking uh, eBay and StubHub. And, yeah, uh, make some real dough, man. Oh, Shawn Michaels just effed around raising them on. Love Shawn Michaels. douche. So uh, we talked about this a couple times off air that we wanted you to do movie reviews <laughs> for the WWE Films <laughs> Studios. <laughs> Yeah, I want never, to as well. Never came to fruition. Can't come to fruition. However, you've been talking about a lot of that Randy Orton's new hit TV show, Shooter. <laughs> Randy Orton's show. So give a quick recap on your thoughts on it because I want to know if Shooter, I haven't watched any of it. I want to know if Shooter is an Ur win or an Ur loss. <laughs> the show Shooter starring Ryan Phillippe and Randy Orton is a Ur win. Oh, yeah? Yeah, good to hear. Uh, Randy Orton was in it for I think I, I'm thinking uh, one or two episodes. There's at least two, and uh, he was great, man. The, the guy can act. The guy can act. Yeah, he was in the Marine too. Twelve rounds too, I think it was. Great. So what you're telling me is that he's getting every like John Cena and Pretty Dean much, Ambrose yeah. leftover. That's well, uh, Dean Ambrose got his leftovers. Well, well, who was 12 Rounds 1? Was that also John Cena? That was John Cena. That, oh, that was a good movie. That was a good movie. It sounds like a hot yeah, movie, a, yeah. I was surprised, but whatever. Yeah. Talk about the Super Bowl, uh, Trump's cabinet picks. Jeff Sessions was confirmed today, even though he was... Uh... I'm going to sleep about that. These cabinet picks are real messed up, man. Talk about Linda McMahon. Good job, Linda. Was she confirmed yet? I don't know if she's... I mean, she had her... Me- um... Session. I don't know if she was confirmed yet, but Jeff Sessions. Oh, a little bit Warren reading the letter, and she got silenced. They shut her up, man. But yeah, when the med read the letter, they let him read. Who knows? It's so messed up, it's man. It's a long four years, my friend. Think he'll get eight, or think he won't run for the re-election? I mean... If he was smart, he wouldn't run again. It all. Dep- I guess it all depends on how much misery... He losing. It, I guess it all depends on how much misery is, called, is caused by his policies in those swing states. Because the other places apparently don't matter. One of the greatest finisher moves, the Razor's mm. Edge. Mm, Razor's Edge is hot. Uh, you know, it all, it all depends on how much people get screwed over in Ohio and Florida and North Carolina, man. Anything you want to talk about outside the ropes real quick? Because we only got a couple minutes here. No. Before, before we get Ron SmackDown. No, just Fury. That's all. all right, that's, um, everyone's getting upset. Let's refill his drink. We'll be right back. Yeah. 
A shot of wrestling presents Raw and SmackDown here and here. Ready to get into some Raw, buddy? Ready to talk about Raw? I'm suppose I'm ready to listen to you talk about Raw. Didn't watch it, huh? Nah, I don't Never really do, watch. huh? The Raw sucks? Raw sucks. Although I read about it. Uh, then it breeze right through because you did not miss anything. <laughs> Last week's Raw was good. This week, back to normal. Well, this week had uh, the list of Jericho. Yeah, with Tom Brady. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, you can now you can now buy the list of Jericho at www.shop.com. Because of the official stationery and everything. Um, first heels, Bailey versus Charlotte. They are facing next week on Raw for the title. Seems like they're doing the same shit they did with Sasha Banks. Bailey winning at Raw. Charlotte won it back at the pay per view. Please don't do that. Please don't insult our talents. Please flip the script. Please let something else happen. He's just going around in a circle. Speaking of going around in a circle. Heel Braun Strowman was in a four-on-one handicap match with four scrubs. Something you do as you build a monster up like Braun Strowman. But we saw this months ago. Why, yeah, are, we go, why are we going back to this? They're still doing that. Exactly. He was great at Royal Rumble, though. Oh, badass. He's good. And he, and he screwed over Roman Reigns. That was good. Um, your boys, Enzo and Kaz, were on Raw. Of course they were. How are we going to heal that? Because there was no point to them being on Raw. Because they didn't do a promo. They didn't get an intro. They didn't talk at all. They just were sitting ringside for the tag team title match. Well, that makes no sense. None. That's so I'm healing it. Um, I got to heal the WWE giving CBS Sports credit for breaking the Rock and Roll Express's Hall of Fame induction into the WWE Hall of Fame. Um, they broke it Monday, by the way. February 6th. However, I recorded episode 50 last week. And I broke that story before CBS even got it as Erwin's yawning because he's really tired of Raw. Um, where's my credit? Where's a shot of wrestling's credit? We broke it before CBS did. You like Why the, giving them the credit? You like the Patriots defense, dude. You're just being forgotten. <laughs> uh, last thing on Raw. I'm going to cheer something on Raw. I'm going to actually cheers the Cruiserweight division. Yes, I said cheers. Something I've heavily healed in the past. Uh, they've been slowly building this division for a long time and slowly building the characters. I mean, because we were throwing a lot of new characters we didn't know anything about, and they've been slowly introducing us to them. Um, to me, the Cruiserweight division is the modern-day Divas division. Uh, no one cared about the Divas. No one cared about the Divas division matches. Those are the bathroom breaks. You fast-forward to them. They were the filler to calm the crowd down before the main event. That's what the Cruiserweight division is. So we, now we look at what the Divas the women's division is maybe there's something here maybe they can slowly build and build something it's going to take a while because no one will cover it but uh, I'm sure you don't know anything about the cruiserweights um, all I know is I'm a gentleman and so is Sir Jack Gallagher which a moment I'll never forget Jack Gallagher came out on the Gallagher yeah at the Royal Rumble Gallagher Gallagher thank you he's <laughs> such a big fan now <laughs> He came out the Royal Rumble. Erwin, the voice Escobar, said, who the fuck is this guy? Is this mini Seamus? What's Seamus doing there? Yeah. Within, what, two minutes? You became a Jack Gallagher fan. became a big fan of his. He won you over instantly. Well, yep. And uh, what sold you in was how he wanted him to take the, take the <laughs> umbrella 
because he was holding his umbrella as a prop. And he said, how cool it would be if he took the umbrella, opened it, and floated, floated. <laughs> to safety as he was eliminated. We thought that we laughed because that was impossible. Right, and funny. Made no sense, but it was funny. And what we see three seconds later was him on the yeah. top rope, open the umbrella, and float down <laughs> to hit somebody. And when he was eliminated, as he was falling it through was the Mark air, he had, he had the wherewithal to open the umbrella. Keep it open. <laughs> and uh, that locked in the voice as a lifelong Jack Gallagher fan. Oh, man, was that funny. The, the room the room that we were in exploded in laughter when that happened. Because oh, you man. called it. it. It was We all died. It was incredible. It was honestly one of the phoniest moments in my life. I've never had so much fun. All right, talk about SmackDown. Yeah. What you got for me, boss? Uh, well, the the cheers, right? Cheers, what you like. Heels, what you don't like. Well, okay, che- cheered. What I what I loved was Daniel Bryan burning the Miz so hard. Yeah, talk about that. You know, it was so funny, so hard. <laughs> it 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 just wiped that smile off of Miz's face. That look of that cocky attitude Miss had. It was great. It, it was one of those it was one of those moments where, you know, and Miss was doing so great up until that point yeah. in the promo. It was one of those moments where I was wondering once again, is this real or is this oh, you th- yeah. all a gimmick? Because Blur the lines. Because the look on Miz's face was like, whoa. Like he's looking he's like he's taking it personally. And my first heel is the crowd. At SmackDown, oh. because after Daniel Bryan did what he did, you know, Miz was trying to say something, but the burn, like, the burn was so hard, yeah. and the crowd knew it, that the crowd wouldn't let Miz get another word in. They hijacked it, because so, you know the Miz was coming back with something good. Yeah. And they wouldn't let him deliver. They didn't let him, they didn't let him deliver. He had a small opportunity, the crowd stepped all over him, and he couldn't control the crowd, because that's how big of a bomb... Yeah. You know that that's how that's how much Daniel Bryan fucking killed with that comment. Like it was also in his home crowd. Everything he said would be killed. Oh, that too. Wow, I didn't know it was home crowd. Yeah. But it was an amazing comment, and you know, he was just he rocked it. He rocked the Miz, man. The Miz got rocked, and you know the the guys had no choice but to send in uh, <laughs> BC the BC. Mm-hmm. You know, Baron Corbin had no choice. You know, the Miz got knocked out. Send in the next guy. Um, mention Daniel Bryan. Daniel Bryan's wife's pregnant. Fucking a baby. Again, you know, sorry. He zinged him hard with the stay-at-home dad. Like, Miz was doing great. Great. Miz is always great, yeah. He was doing great. He called him a stay-at-home dad. And that's how that's how powerful Daniel oh. Bryan's um, remark was. You, we, I totally forgot about Miz kicking ass. Yeah. In, in that whole bit. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I was, was going to ask you a question. Like, Daniel Bryan's wife is expecting a baby soon. Mm-hmm. Do you think he'll quit his show and walk away from Shane McMahon when his baby's born? Do you think he'll turn his back on his fans and his partner, his business partner, and walk away when a baby's born? I just want, I'm just asking. I don't know. I'm just wondering. Uh, I got to cheers. Uh, Luke Harper. For actually talking. Never heard him speak. No. He's a former Intercontinental <laughs> Champion. I don't think I remember, yeah. ever hear him speaking before. Yeah. I definitely don't remember him cutting a full-length promo. But he cut one on Randy Orton, yeah. and he was pretty damn good. Yeah, he was good. He he spoke eloquently. He delivered, and good for Luke Harper actually delivering, not just being a pretty face. You, you know, it's awesome because it's like 
I had no idea that Mandy Patankin was that <laughs> like layered of an actor where he right. could do Homeland and play Luke Harper. Now I'll never not see Mandy Patinkin. Right. I, for all you folks at home, I, I just feel like Mandy Patinkin, like, they look so, like, it's like Luke Harper looks like Mandy Patinkin on a couple cycles of steroids. You know, he's just been working out hard. I think or it's so Mandy Patinkin was on steroids and started in um, the Tom Hanks movie. With his own. Yeah, Mandy Patinkin, yeah. Or, uh, you know, it's basically Luke Harper... Manny Patankin looks like Lou Harper took steroids and forgot to work out. <laughs> With a lot of Rogaine on his face. Yeah, old out of shape. Uh, I'm going to heal the Nikki Natty interview. You watch that? Nikki Natty. N- Nikki Bella and Natalia. The oh, split screen. I fast forwarded right through it. Didn't um, give it a chance. That was interesting. And it was a little different from a, like the typical interview standpoint. Okay. Going to a feud. Um, they kept them separate, quote unquote, separate in different rooms, different studios. So which I like because they could finally have that final blow off at their match at this week's Elimination Chamber. Different. So they didn't attack in the ring. They didn't attack backstage. They just kept separate to hold off for Elimination Chamber. However, they could get Nikki a lot uh, more material because she, pretty much all she kept saying was how Natalia, uh, Natty was a liar. She never hit Natty with a zinger. Or a jab, she kept was on defense the whole time. Not good, and not in promos. That's right. Super Bowl here. <laughs> Terrible in promos. Right, yeah. right, right. Uh, but yeah, I healed it because it went a little too long. Uh oh. You could have cut it like five minutes earlier. So he's saying not only was it not funny, but it went on too long. Yeah, it wasn't well. funny. Natalia got some good jabs in, but it, I liked the, the setup of it because it was unique and different. But yeah, it went on way too long. One sided. That's a bummer. What you got, buddy? Um, before I get on to my, I guess what's my, is, is it a cheer? Before I get on you to, liked my next, it, yeah. to my next cheer, it just goes to show you, you know, Nikki Bella's like that because she never fucking had to develop a personality. When you're that fucking good looking, you don't mm. need to develop singers. She better hire a writer. Mm. Uh, okay, cheer. Once again, I, I know, I've spoken about this so many times. Okay. I'm going to bring it up again. Moro. <laughs> talk, <laughs> talk about it. Here we go. You know. Moro, Moro. I hate Moro's voice because it's so hokey, but his command of the English language is unmatched. Um, let's talk about. In, I really noticed this in the uh, in the four man match that they had at the start of the show. Just the things that he was saying and things that he was doing. He's just such a, a vocal expert. Uh, he showed us alliteration. He's when, a wordsmith. Such a wordsmith. When Baron Corbin and Ambrose and AJ Styles were doing rollover after rollover after rollover, Morrow goes a plethora of pinfalls. Great alliteration. His vocabulary, AJ Styles and The Miz and and uh, Dean Ambrose are going at it in the ring. He refers to them as the triumvirate. <laughs> Not the trio, the triumvirate. Just fantastic. His such a great word. His, his vocabulary is excellent, and he rhymes. You know, um, Baron. Cor- I think it was Baron Corbin and uh, Dean Ambrose. They clotheslined each other, and Morrow calls it. Morrow went and called in that voice of his malfunction at the junction. <laughs> <laughs> right, Wordsmith. You know, so I'm I'm cheering Morrow, man. I mean, he's. He really is a cut above the rest in terms of, you know, when it comes to these wrestling announcers. I could definitely see him doing other sports. He really, 
He really is good, man. That's where you got to start. He was started in other sports. Like, I think he went in soccer for some reason. I want to say soccer. I don't okay. Know why, but, I could yeah. see him doing soccer saying goal. <laughs> you know, when you compare him to Mike, you know, it's inevitable to compare him to Michael Cole because the they're voice. doing, yeah. you know, they're WWE. doing both shows. Michael Cole can't hold this guy's jock strap, can't hold his microphone, man. I think Michael Cole does a better job of promoting business, telling the stories, play by plays, but then promoting Skittles. Promoting the network, promoting <laughs> Snickers, cutting to this, cutting to that. This brought to you by yeah, Toys R Us. Morrow's a broadcaster. He's more the play-by-play guy, and I yeah. and I love that. You know, it's great, man. It's great. Anything else? Was well, it time for heal for me? Whatever you want, whatever you got. Run the gambit. I got two. I got three left. So the heal for me was that tag team match. Jesus, I didn't care. Oh, I didn't even bother healing that because I don't think anyone cared. I was bummed at uh, although when when Rhino, Rhino lost right, who got I, pinned? I don't remember. I fast forwarded that straight through. I, I saw in the end. I, I don't know if it was Rhino, but I saw uh, Heath Slater like holding up Rhino. I was kind of bummed about Heath Slater, you know, because he lost another big match. And I was surprise, thinking about surprise. I was thinking about his seventeen kids <laughs> in the above ground pool. pool. Yeah, you yeah, know, mouths to feed. He's got a lot of mouths to feed, man. I'm surprised you didn't cheer this. I got to cheers the first ever dual contract signing. Hmm. Uh, Mickey James and Alexa oh. Bliss look smoking hot. Oh, that Mickey Jane is something else. Mickey James is much older than these women, yet she's holding her own look wise. She's older. Much older. Alexa oh. Bliss is only like 23, 24. If, don't quote me on that. No. Um, Mickey James is like a. Recently had a kid. She had a kid? Recently, I don't know how old you. Maybe recently, a, uh, like a year. How hot is she? Oh man, um, they look smoking Ooh. hot. Mickey James educating Becky Lynch on her history and how pretty much it was her who laid the foundation of the women's revolution, not <laughs> Becky Lynch. That okay. whole that whole time, I was like, "Who are you?" Yeah, it was. <laughs> oh, she is smoking hot. Who is that? Who that that's Mickey James. Who? <laughs> <laughs> and then, of course, my girl Alexa Bliss. Totally ripping apart Becky Lynch and then turning her sights on Naomi and dismissing her. Oh, yeah, I'm going to beat you anyway. Who cares yeah, who you are? What, you, what are you doing here? She's a good heel. Oh, she's great. That was funny, man. Oh, love me some Alexa Bliss. There was a lot of pretty faces in that ring, man. A lot of pretty asses, too. Yeah. It's funny we were talking about asses, how Becky Lynch got an ass. All of a sudden, they showed a tight shot of Naomi. No one compares. That's right. Okay. I mean, it doesn't compare. Well, no one compares to Naomi. Not even J-Lo. No, but you know, I, I guess I guess Becky Lynch, you know, she started hanging around Naomi and got yeah. the fucking memo. <laughs> you know, better do get some, some squats, yeah. do some squats, and get some ass implants. I'm going to heal the constant promo hype of the Cena Orton for the first time ever. Oh wow! On SmackDown Live, it was the first time ever on, on SmackDown Live. <laughs> we said this many a times. It's not the first time ever. I understand it was the first time ever on SmackDown Live. SmackDown Live. <laughs> But come on, shut up. We, we don't don't play cute. We're all, we're we're too smarter for that. I'm going to cheers, however, the actual match. Cena versus Orton was a match itself was great. Yep. Let's just say great. It was good. Very entertaining. With all the focus now on the you know the hype on the new young bloods, the next generation. It was just good to sit back and watch and enjoy these two greats do what they do best. Entertain us, tell a story in the ring. And they put on a show. That's how you do it, Young Bloods. For all the years and matches they've had, they're still delivering new moves, new shit, and they're still recreating and reinventing themselves. 
So cheers to that great main event. I got to say, this Undertaker-Yokozuna match is fucking awesome. Paul Barra just took over, man. No, this is what I'm talking about, because this has scared me shitless when I was a kid. So we got to hurry up and end this segment so I can fast forward this. <laughs> so I'm get nightmares when I go back home tonight. So you got anything else you want to talk about SmackDown? Uh, Yeah, I have one more heel. All right, talking to the mic, please. Um, or I think maybe a, a, a jeer? Uh, no, uh, I'm sorry, a heel? Chill, if you want to do both. A chill? Uh... The, the Let's Go Cena versus Cena sucks. Oh, that's... Let's Go Cena, Cena, Cena sucks. sucks. Yeah. I'm over it. Yeah? It's, Why? At this point, it seems ridiculously pedestrian, passe, and pedantic. Talk about alliteration, yeah. Paul. <laughs> I'm just like... I'm over it. I, I'm like... I, I'm over it. I think it's stupid. Oh, remember, people say Cena sucks, right? But it's funny how because... When you don't like somebody, when you hate somebody as much as they hate Cena, I forget where I heard this from. You cheer his opponent. Hmm. You don't say you suck, Mike Tyson. You suck. Let's you always root for Banner Holyfield. Now everyone's cheering against John Cena, no matter who he's facing. No matter, yeah, which right. makes him one of the greatest draws in professional wrestling. Because people are coming to cheer him. People are coming to boo him. It's an iconic chant. People just. But in March, just chant it because that's what you do. Yeah, I think that's why I'm over it. It's like, what will you replace it with? Nothing. Like, why does it? Like, why? Why do we like? We see the guy. He's got the trigger. Some reaction. I just. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not. They weren't saying let's go Cena, let's go Orton, which they should have been. Right. It's just it's hate. It's the shining four states of America. Because it's cool to hate John Cena for some reason. Right. I don't know why. I know when that started. That's why I'm saying it's pedestrian and passe. It's and pedantic. Like, and pedantic. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get it for Erwin Escobar. They borrow now. Because that's why I appreciate Morrow, man. Because I, I love the English language, too. I think there's a lot of words you can use to shape things. All right. Um, let's take one final break. All right. And let's celebrate and honor Black History Month. As we celebrate the great... Booker T. Growing up the youngest of eight children in Houston, Texas, Booker T's journey was destined to be anything but easy. Persevering through an underprivileged upbringing. I knew I did wrong. That was not the life I wanted to live. Booker would garner strength from family to ascend to the very top of his craft becoming one of the most captivating superstars of all time. We're taking our first look at a new tag team. Booker T's career began in 1989. Teaming with his brother Stevie Ray, the unique duo would quickly become fan favorites. We've been training long and hard. Booker's natural charisma would attract the attention of WCW, where he would go on to become a five-time world champion. Look at the fans standing and they're raising the roots. A fundamental superstar of WCW, it was inevitable that Booker would eventually bring his talents to WWE, where his personality would shine, both in and out of the ring. I came here to give the people what they came to see. Yes, there it is! Bitteroni! He's funny. Will you please tell her to quit looking at me? Charismatic. I feel like a fool with this outfit on. Everything about Booker is Booker. 
It's his real personality turned up to the max. You know what they call WrestleMania in France? Tell him, Eddie. Eddie! WrestleMania. I always remember Booker for having one of the most expressive faces. He feels it, JR! Oh, this crowd feels it. Booker T feels it. Man, you dig that sucker? While winning over the hearts of the WWE Universe, Booker would continue capturing numerous championships, including the coveted King of the Ring. Oh, hail King Booker! This would catapult Booker to his sixth World Heavyweight Championship. The poor kid from Houston, Texas has risen to the top! And in 2013, Booker would reach the pinnacle of sports entertainment by being inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame. My wife, my queen, I say I do a thousand times over. Athlete, entertainer, family man. Booker also continues to give back to the next generation of WWE superstars. Yeah, baby! It is a life story. This is where you can come from, and this is where you can go. In honor of Black History Month, WWE is proud to celebrate the life and career of Booker T. Good job, Booker T. Thanks for everything. As Erwin has mentioned, we are watching the Royal Rumble from, what, 94, 95? 1994. Um, and I don't know if I mentioned this on the air. I think I did, but this is the scariest moment in wrestling history. It scarred me for life as a kid. I had to check my closets, check the shower when I went to the bathroom. <laughs> See, the Undertaker was hiding behind everything. And it's about to happen now, so I'm going to turn my back from the television. Sort of having nightmares tonight when I go back home. Getting some final thoughts. Let's wrap up the show. Um, any final thoughts before we get into the Illumination Chamber match? No, nah, no final thoughts, except that Jeff Jarrett's uh, mullet is pretty uh, amazing. Oh, Jeff Jarrett was one of the best. Love Jeff Jarrett. Double J. J E double F. Ha ha! J A double R E double T. Jeff Jarrett. Ding. Uh, well, as we know, the SmackDown pay per view is this weekend, the Elimination Chamber. See, here we go. Smoke's coming out of the coffin. That's hot. I'm happy that. February, the whole month of February only has one pay-per-view. The whole month of March only has one pay-per-view. Please keep that up. I know they're trying to slow build to WrestleMania. Maybe going forward, we don't need a pay-per-view every two weeks. Correct. I'm a big believer in less is more. Yeah. Let's have one month be for SmackDown, one month be for Raw like they did 10 years ago when they had the original brand split. This is great. We can relax. We can take it easy. I'm not looking at TV because I'm going to piss my pants soon. Ah, I just turned. Damn Gotta be shitless. First match. Here we go. I'm gonna give you the matches. Break down every match by match. Give me your predictions. Copy that. Gave him watching SmackDown that often. So be your raw, random opinion. <laughs> Fresh opinion. If you get over 50%, you can come back. Host the show. Nikki Bella versus Natalia. Um, I'm gonna go Natalia because it looks like Nikki Bella. Name she about to go home with that neck injury of hers. Apollo Cruz and Kalisto. This was Dolph Ziggler on a two-on-one handicap match. Oh, they're going to give it to Dolph. Do they? Two-on-one? Come on, now. Your girl, Becky Lynch, versus my girl, Mickey James. Hmm. Who wins that, putty? We do. The fans. 
uh, American Alpha versus Heath Slater and Rhino versus Breeze Dango versus the Usos versus the Ascension versus the Vaudevillians in a tag team turmoil match for the championships. That's so many guys, man. I'm just pick one random one. Usos because oh, I, I feel like they're gonna go towards. See now uh, he's in the coffin. Now you see this. You know it never it never occurs to you as a little kid that that it's pre-taped. Never. Never. This like, shit was think, real when I was eight. Yeah, we, yeah. When you were a little kid, you yeah, think, it was like black and white. Right. You think this shit is going on right now? He's now. raising from the. Th- where the fuck did he come? How did he even get there? He just went negative. He went black and white, and now he's raising. It never occurs to a kid that all this stuff is pre-taped. Um, but I'm gonna go with Usos because I know the Usos are. I know the Usos are heels. One of yeah. them's wearing cornrows now. It's hard, <laughs> super hard to recognize them. One and, of that's uh, Naomi's husband. And I just think. Uh, those two American kids are so fucking annoying. <laughs> too too squeaky. Too squeaky. Get out of here. Although, uh, you know what? Maybe we need that, man. Especially this day and age. We, we, maybe we need... <laughs> it's so crazy right I'm now. I'm speaking of Jeff Jarrett. His theme song's on. How about a Luke Harper versus Randy Orton? That's a tough one, man. You know what? Uh, Randy Orton. Come on. Right, because if Luke Harper wins, what do they do with that? Yeah, because Randy Orton needs the momentum going to Mania. Yeah, the momentum. And that's what it's all about in wrestling. It's going to be Ooh. weird. Two of my girls are now facing. Alexa Bliss versus Naomi for the SmackDown Women's Championship match. Mm-hmm. Once again, we all win. Who's doing it? My right hand <laughs> during that match. Uh, you know, can, can they... Can, um, I'm gonna, you know what? They're going to finally throw Naomi a bone. Naomi. I think way too soon. Things are way too soon for that. Well... And finally, in the Elimination Chamber itself, John Cena defends against AJ Styles, Dean Ambrose, The Miz, Baron Corbin, and Bray Wyatt. Bray Wyatt. That's a popular, that's a popular pick. Because I like, I like Bray Wyatt with the whole Luke Harper and Randy Orton saga. You know, that many, people, many people are saying that it'll set up Randy Orton versus Bray Wyatt. Yeah, that's how Luke Harper gets back in the Bray Wyatt's good graces. I think I talked to you before the show. It just sucks because John Cena only had the belt for two weeks. See, you consider it two weeks, motherfucker. I consider it damn near twenty years. Like he's he's been he's yeah, been you, in the you game. Give, you give him the title just to break the record, then just to tie the record. No, I mean he didn't do anything with the title. Then you just gave him to tie the record just to end the what you told at Roy Rumble that end the uh, hyperbole of the discussion. Yeah, and but that alone is huge because. It's been dang, it's been dangling over our heads, you know. John, like John Cena tying that record has been dangling over our heads for well Closer. over a year. Closer, sorry, yeah. has been dangling over our heads for well over a year, and it's like enough. Just don't use mic stands. You know how close to get. Right, it's like enough. Just give it to him so we can move on with our lives. Now he needs to, now he needs to break the record, though. That's what we're gonna hear about. Well, that's how you break the record. You can't break the record if you have the belt. So lose <laughs> the belt, break the record. But he does break the record. Don't give him for two weeks. That's my that's my man right there on the screen, boy. And who, who Macho was Man, Randy Savage. Oh yeah. Ooh, he was a yeah. fucking man. He was great. Oh uh, well, Earl and Escobar, thanks for joining me this week. Yeah. Thanks for saving the fans from listening to me drunkenly ramble on. It was just you solo? Last week, yeah. <laughs> it was a great episode. I talked about the XFL. Okay. And Detroit Rumble, Dallas. It was a good episode. You check it out. One of my favorites. So like I said, we are still going um, through to the co-host search. If you think you have what it takes to co-host this show alongside your show, Michael J. Buddy, and fill in the shoes of the voice when he's not here. 
inbox at a shot of wrestling. Tell us why I should pick you, and we'll start, start holding auditions soon. So inbox at a shot of wrestling. As I said, if you want Green Man to come back, hit him up on his social medias. Because you need a protest. Get like a million women march on Instagram. Hey, Green Man, listen. Obviously, he doesn't care about you. He turns his back on you. So get Green Man's attention, and maybe he'll come back. Now, this show is for the fans, from the fans, or from the fan. Because Green Man left. So, inbox at a shot of wrestling if you want any comments. If you want to, like I said, guest host, if you want to play a game, or if you want to be a sponsor, we're looking for sponsors. Inbox at a shot of wrestling. So, for Erwin, once again, thanks, buddy. No problem, homie. Uh, I'm Michael J. Putty. I'm not looking at the screen because I might piss my pants. Until next time, putty out. Oh my, I can't end the song. It's too depressing. There we go. There we go. Till next week. Episode L.I. Baby, I hear the bell ringing, hip tosses and body slams. Oh my. And maybe you seem a bit confused, yeah, baby, but I got you pinned. Ha 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 But I don't know what to do when I see them with that golden case. They're cashing it in. Authority all in my face. What is a man to do? Good night, everybody. <laughs>